millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, welcome to the latest Full Throttle Bike podcast here at Eurosport. And we're trying our best to get our breath back and actually cool down. It's absolutely boring here. We're sat in the commentary box at Alton Park, which is on level, ground level with the pit lane. We've got our four screens in front of us. It's Neil McKenzie alongside myself, Greg Haynes. Neil, thanks for joining us on the podcast for the first time. Are you cool enough? You've got a nice can of Coke there, but it's been such a hot weekend. Believe me, end of the day, I've been searching. The hospitalities are disappearing <laughs> very quickly, so I just jumped into one of the last remaining fridges there to get a cold Coke. Sometimes only only a Coke will do it, so I needed that. But it has been hot, and I guess I hear even record-breaking bank holiday temperatures for this time of the year. So, But yeah. how nice is it? It's nice to have that problem. Lots of sweaty riders and lots of hot racetracks. That's what we wanted for a few months. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Let's kick off the show then. And, of course, we're celebrating here with a double for Leon Haslam. So, Neil, we've got to start with Leon Haslam, haven't we? He's the man who's done the double. And it didn't look a dead sir. In fact, far from it coming into the weekend. We weren't expecting that sort of... It wasn't domination, but I don't think I was expecting a double. What about you? Not at all. I think second row qualifying as well and, and didn't look like he had so, yeah. such strong pace in, in any of the practices. He was going to be there or thereabouts, of course. But these guys never stopped working all the way to the morning warm-up with different suspension combinations, engine mapping and tyre choices. And, of course, the temperature I think it helped but as we saw today no one uh, with the exception of Jason Halloran in race two seemed to have any answer for Leon Haslam and Leon dealt with uh, all the pressure from the Honda rider throughout race two. Just very quickly James Hayden just dived into the commentary box as well Mr Hayden hello we're just recording the Eurosport full throttle bikes podcast mm -hmm. what a good day what a hot day. Yeah I mean brilliant you can't beat this track when the sun's shining or you know this country when the sun's shining and uh you know, some great racing, really competitive. A double win by Leon, absorbed all the pressure. Yeah, brilliant stuff from in. Really impressed with Jason Allen. Yeah. I thought he was superb in that second one. Um, and Jay Dixon, you know, after a disappointing start of the season, nice to see him coming through. So, yeah, all good. I mean, you know, I know Brad didn't have the strongest weekend, but I think overall he'll still be happy. He's there, thereabouts. He didn't make any mistakes. And, you know, it just shows he's got a few little things to work on. And in the super sport, I mean, you can't just, you know, Jack Kennedy was... You know, incredible. He just really looked like he got that bike working great and very, very impressed. And yeah, it was a brilliant weekend. 
And we're going to have another brilliant weekend, I hope, next weekend, aren't we? Because you're coming to Wimbledon with us. I am indeed, yeah. That should be good. We'll have some, uh, really enjoy that. It's an amazing place. And uh, no doubt we might even have a little glass of red wine and some pizza. <laughs> I was just going to say exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a coincidence that you're coming to the best red wine venue of the year? Um, it's just the way it's worked out, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for that, James. See you later. And of course, James Witter, it was great to see James with us this uh, weekend as well. And he'll be in the Eurosport studio with Matt Roberts for Imola at the weekend. Let's move on then to Rider of the Weekend. Hi, I'm Rachel Stringer and I hope you're enjoying Full Throttle. Don't forget to watch me and the BSB team on Eurosport and the Eurosport Player. So, Neil McKenzie, your Rider of the Weekend, just before Hayden goes, actually. James, who was your Rider of the Weekend just before you run out the door? Sorry to stop you again. It's, it's funny, I mean, it's hard to see past Leon Haslam in many yeah. ways, just because it's you know, the hardest class with the, with the biggest depth of the rider. I think you've got to, between him and I think Kennedy, you know, but for me, Leon just gets the nod. Thanks very much for that, James. Neil, what are you going for? <laughs> Do you know what? And he, the rider that says this a lot do you know what I'm going to go for Shaky because he's got a massive oh, Jake Dixon had a, a bike that was unbelievable working unbelievably well taking nothing away from Jake his, his crew and his team and his riding and everything had that bike working perfectly all weekend and Shaky's bike wasn't perfect but he hung in there with Jake he took it to him um, he managed to get into the, onto Rostrum in race one. Race two, he shadowed on the whole race. Couldn't quite get past him in, in the end. But Shaky really had a championship winning head on this weekend. He His bike wasn't the best. He got the very best out of it. He, he rode 100% the whole weekend. And for me, that was uh, that was a possible championship winning weekend, although he didn't win any races. So uh, Shaky really impressed me this week, weekend. Just... Uh, accepting that he's got to finish grab points and then go to the next one and see what he can do. We did a Facebook Live here, Neil, on Saturday and it was a typical champion's interview with Shaky because he was fastest of the day, really good pace, but he wasn't happy and he said there's all sorts of areas we want to improve on. It just shows a lot about the man, doesn't it, and how he's absolutely determined. You know, I think he said himself in one of our shows earlier this year when he was working with us on the programme at World Superbikes, if, you know, if you're not, if you're third, you want second, if you're second, you want the win, if you get one win, you want a second win, and even then, there's still something you could have improved on. Races are never completely happy, are they? He won't be happy that he didn't win, but he knows that <laughs> it's important, and I saw some images of him throughout practice, completely out of control, just pushing things to the limit, unfortunately, getting away with it. Uh, and he knew that he couldn't really take any big chances today so he, he brought it home nice and safe he rode the bike he rode the wheels off the bike and uh, so I think it's a solid weekend for Shaky. we're just looking at some images in the commentary box as our team our Eurosport production team back in the truck are playing through some of the images from the weekend one of the passes from Shaky we just saw there on yeah. Bradley Rain to Lodge he came from so far back but he still made the apex yeah and there's another pass he put on Jason Hallahan in race one into into hissy chicane yes. and it was a little bit harsh but fair and we were even thinking maybe there'll be some kind of penalty there but he, he got away with it no one went on the grass or went down but it was a passive frustration he had to get past and, and, and just try and grab a few points but yeah he really was on the limit but kept it upright which is the most important thing well, our guys have been braving the sunshine. Not that we're complaining, of course, no. but they have been braving the sunshine because it was one of those typical sunburn days here with the breeze very difficult to get caught out if you're not careful. Here's what the top few had to say, though, at the end of a splendid bank holiday Monday of racing.
Get a word though with our third place finisher, Jake Dixon. Jake, what a strong weekend it's been for you on the podium uh, in both races and you were pushed all the way to the end there by the old master, weren't you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just saying to the team then, fantastic job to, to Leon and Jason. I had nothing to go with them then. Just from lap one, I felt as though we had some sort of problem with the front or the track conditions was a little bit hotter because my half front just didn't seem to feel the same as what it did is in race one. It just felt worse. So the whole race, I was managing that and trying not to lose the front. And when I could see the gap coming down to, to fourth, I instantly knew it was shaky because I could hear the Ducati bellow. And uh, I just knew that if I can hit my markers and be inch perfect, uh, even with, with the problems that we have today, I knew that he'd be hard pushed to get by me. But uh, fantastic job to, to the whole team. Can't thank them enough. I couldn't, cut, I couldn't go into the um, six-week break much better. Obviously, two wins would be, but uh, two podiums is fantastic from where we were. Just like to say a massive thanks to the RAF, uh, regular and reserve, Briggs equipment, Mother Hubbards. I'm going to have some fish and chips when I get home. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just a massive thank you to everyone. The whole team have worked so so well and, uh, yeah, just over the moon. It's going to make the journey uh, definitely better on the way home now. Extra mushy peas as well for you after that one. Well done, Jay. You can have them as well. <laughs> I don't need them. You need to see me. All right, let's get a word with Jason O'Halloran. And then second place today, Jason, another podium for you uh, for the season. You are pushing Leon all the way there. Just tell us about the places on this final lap where you just thought you might be able to get through because we couldn't work it out. It looks so tough. It was so close. Um, middle part of the race, I just tried to control it at the front. I could see that there was there was two of them coming with me. Obviously, didn't know who they were, but I had group two on the board. Uh, Leon come through, and I thought, okay, I'll hang on to the back and see what I've got. We went with him, and I was I was really comfortable, but I was at the limit. And um, you know, Leon's so strong on the brakes. I had a look at his ears. I had a look at the last corner, but. It was so dicey, you know, and I need some points at the minute. Um, it's only a matter of time before we win some races this year. We're, we're improving all the time. The boys did a fantastic job. They had to change an engine and a gearbox between race one and race two. So to go out on the new engine, put on the podium, fantastic. Thanks, Jase. Uh, where's our race winner? Here he is, Leon Haslam. What a day it's been for you, Leon. Double win on top of the championship. Eight wins from ten races here at Alton Park, and you were pushed all the way. You were kept honest, weren't you, by Jason there? You couldn't back off at all. Yeah, I got a real bad start. Um, I had to wear and wear past a few of the guys, and then I kind of thought once I got into second, I thought, okay, right, just close Jason down, take my time. And when I got in the lead, I thought, back him up for a couple of laps and then get my head down like I did in race one. And I dropped the pace, I dropped back down to low 35s, but it just kept me, kept going with me. So, uh, yeah, made me push that one. And um, But, yeah, big thanks to the team. We've worked well this weekend. We had a plan and we knew what rhythm we could do. And even the slippery conditions, we made it work. So, yeah, really happy. Imola next weekend in World Superbikes. You're nicely acclimatised now as well, aren't you, for that one after this weekend? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not uh, very often that Alton Park's hotter than MotoGP at a rest, but, uh, no, it definitely is hot out there, but it's been Fantastic to see so many people here as well, and uh, we can move on to Imola now with a smile. Good luck there. We can't wait to watch that. Well done, Liam. So we're joined by Jason Halloran's team boss down here, Javier Beltran. We just heard from Jason there saying between race one and two, you had to change a gearbox and an engine. So a lot of uh, changes before race two, before the podium for him. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, uh, in race one, um, the move that Shaky and Jason came together, just straight away, literally,
three lap, that lap later, Jason realised he had a problem. Uh, actually, at one point, thought he was going to pit and pull in, decided to carry on. Fair play to him, getting the points. Um, but precaution, change the engine, you know, we want to risk anything there, something not quite right. So, um, and fair play to the guys and the team, you know, have gone out there, another engine in, and, uh, you know, fighting at the front, led the race for a bit, and uh, good battle at the end with Leon and to bring it home in second place. And just a word, a little bit lower down the field, you obviously had Keo racing this weekend. How was it to have him on board? It's really good, you know, many thanks to Midori Marawaki for allowing Kiyonari to come over and join us this weekend. He's been able to try a lot of things for us, help us understand the machine a little bit. The machine's very different to his that he rides in Japan. However, the, the information is really crucial to us in continuing and developing the bike whilst Dan is off uh, recovering from his uh, injury. Awesome. Thank you very much, Javier. Congratulations on that second place. Thank you. There you go then, star tweet time. And this is where we usually pick a question or a comment from a viewer, but we've actually gone for something a bit different this week. It's from official BSB, and they've gone with how it feels to do the double at Alton Park, hashtag Alton BSB. And it's a picture of Leon Haslam. Uh, he's given us a bit of a peace sign, tongue stuck out. I mean, absolutely perfect weekend for Leon Haslam. And that picture does sum it up, really. It really is. He's another one that's been patient when he knows he had to finish in, in, in the European rounds. He's always upbeat, Leon. He's, he's, he's always up for digging in, working hard. He never gives anything like shaky, but 100%. And today it worked out. The Kawasaki seemed to like Alton Park. It seemed to like the temperatures. Leon tends to run a different tyre combination. Mm. Everything worked well for him today. He had, and he just had pace. And the opposition knew that. Um, so for Jason Halloran to go as close as he, he did to almost winning the second race and take it to Leon uh, says a lot. And, and as James Hayden <laughs> says, he was really pleased to see the pace of the Honda riders today. So, But Leon, unbelievable. A double is, is your ultimate weekend, of course, for any BSB rider. And we should talk about Jason Halloran quite rightly. He was leading, wasn't he, for a while. He was overhauled, but he, he was, you know, he was up there. He was very close when they got to the end of the race. It couldn't have been much tighter at points. And Honda wanted that. They needed that. They deserved it. I would say so. And I would say for Jason, this is one of the strongest starts to his BSB mm. career in a lot of years. Of course, the showdown is important to get into that top six. And they have to think about that. He's, he's, that's looking great. Um, hopefully nothing will go wrong for him. But he's, uh, he's doing exactly what he has to do. And of course, podium, podium credits yeah. give you that slight advantage when it does go into the, the final showdown. So... Uh, yeah, Jason, again, another strong rider. Uh, but that, that's a great thing. We've had Bradley Ray a double at the first round. Yeah, yeah. We've had shaky winning races. We've now got Liam doing a double. Jake Dixon's back in the podium. We're going to have 10 or 12 showdown potential riders, which uh, can only be good for all of us. Let's talk about Jake Dixon, and that's also just triggered in my mind World Superbikes because he did a wild card at Donington last year. We'll talk about some Donington wild cards in a minute for this year and some Keenan Safoglu news as well. But very quickly, Jake Dixon, he got a little bit of stick at the beginning of the year, a few mistakes, but it's to be expected at times. But he really did have a, a very, very solid weekend here. Stuff for Jake Dixon because yeah. he finished in the showdown last year and at one point he was he was getting tipped to maybe even take the championship. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's a young rider with huge potential. He had a great season last year, so he was under immense pressure at the opening races to to deliver and, and put himself at the on on the podium, which didn't happen. So he's had to deal with that, which is all part and parcel of, of being a professional rider. 
Uh, but he stayed patient. His team have supported him well, and and Lee Hardy team now uh, have got things good. His bike was good last year on, so it, it's a good confidence builder for him this weekend. But he'll go home happy. He's a rider that does ride on confidence. So he's going to come back to Snetterton and be now expecting, and rightly so, some more podiums. He he, he rode well last year at Snetterton, so I expect to see him being really strong there. Yeah, a bit of a break now, isn't it? Six weeks off for world, uh, sorry for British superbikes, then they're back at Snetterton later this year. But plenty of world superbikes on Eurosport and the Eurosport player, including Imola this coming weekend. We'll be back with another podcast as well on Monday from there. We've got Donington coming up. Quick word on Imola, first of all. We have had the confirmation of what we were expecting and pretty much knew was going to happen. Keenan Safoglu is going to retire, but he's going to race one more time this weekend at Imola. Now, he has won the last three races there. He's taken some time out. Surely he can't come back and win one last time, can he? What do you reckon? What he did the end of last year, nearly coming back from some horrendous injuries and almost yeah. taking the world championship. If he can do that, then he can, <laughs> a fit Keenan Safoglu can surely come back to Imola and be competitive. One thing I will say, and it really seems to be the talk of the World Supersport paddock, is you almost need a Yamaha this year. The Yamahas yeah. are now so strong, the chassis engine package are fully sorted, and it's pretty much an R6 Cup sometimes in World hmm. Supersport racing at the moment. Keenan Sofalago, sure, for sure, will want to put that to bed and come back with the Kawasaki and, and just show that the Kawasaki is still competitive. And, and yeah, with completely no pressure to come back and, and go and try and win your last race. I wouldn't want to be sitting on the grid with them, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. What's everyone else going to be thinking? It would be unbelievable. Watch out for that this weekend. Then, of course, two weeks after that, three weeks from now, or just under already because it's Monday, isn't it, today? Uh, Donington. And we're going to have a Leon Haslam wildcard with Pichetti. Who else? We're going to have uh, Gino Ria's wildcarding with the ONG Suzuki. We think maybe even Brad Ray's going to be wildcarding there. First of all, great opportunity for all of them. Great for World Superbikes. And it's great to see some wildcards coming back in. That's what World Supers was all about, wasn't it, back in the day? Very much so. Jake Dixon had a wildcard there last year, albeit in a slightly lower spec bike. And the guys that are going to ride their BSB bikes, they, they have no electronics. So... Uh, they're not quite as competitive as the world superbikes. Leon Haslam's bike should be on yeah, par because yeah. we saw him finish on <laughs> on the podium in the past doing a wild card. So, but that's great, great to have Leon Haslam, and he proves he always he just underlines how competitive the BSB Championship is when he goes to Donington, does a wild card, and and can finish on the podium. But for the likes of Brad Ray and Gina Ria putting a Suzuki back into World Superbike yeah. how good is that because surely Suzuki are going to come back with a new GSXR 1000 and pitch it against the other Japanese and Italian manufacturers uh, the bike they want to sell so they want to go and win some races so that might be a great kickstart or just to let everyone see that the bike can be competitive but as riders time on any bike racing any bike is really good for them so it's nice that they've got a break and they can go and do a bit of serious test and have a bit of fun and pitch themselves against the world's best riders and who knows if it rains they could be on oh, the podium yeah. anything yes. they all, it's a game changer when it rains so anything could happen yeah, and Haslam got a podium there last year, didn't he? He was a little bit lucky when Jonathan Ray had the problem with the tyre, but even so, he's still a good second place for him. Talking of tyres, actually, here's Tech Talk. So this week, Neil, we have had very high track temperatures, haven't we, at Alton? Right up in the 40s, I think 44 did we have over the course of the weekend, I think was the highest from Pirelli. It might have been a bit more, but anyway, it was right up there. And we did seem to see carnage, didn't we, in the first BSB race in particular. Was that the main problem, the high track temperature here? 
definitely was a contributing factor. I talked to Josh Brooks about race one. He finished six in both races, but I said, what, what do you think about these riders? They looked like they were just kind of falling off randomly. Was it? Was there something? Mm. He says, that was no coincidence. He says, I felt like I was going to fall off at every corner, but it was just trying to manage it. He says, the track felt slick, felt greasy. Mm. And he says, I'm pretty sure it, it was down to high track temperatures. It's risen on race day today higher than it was previous in the weekend. And of course, they've got to go racing. So um, they were in at the deep end, in the dark a little bit, but it, it was a case of managing it. And we saw some really unusual crashes, riders just getting caught out for no reason. And, and yeah, it was, as I said, I think we had some record-breaking temperatures. Some tyre manufacturers really like the heat and become more grippy and more stable. Yeah. Other tyre manufacturers, <clears throat> uh, they have a window, and if you're outside of that window or the high end of that window, then it can cause problems. But there was nothing dangerous. Most of them were graceful slip-offs and, and just riders getting caught out. But uh, it definitely had an effect on the results today. Although, in the stock classes earlier, we saw some sky-high shunts, didn't we? Unbelievable. One of them down at Cascades, one of them over at Britain's bikes, flying yes. higher than I've seen for a while. Yeah, I don't know why these kind of big scary crashes happen at all. It's not necessarily the riders get hurt, they seem to slide off to, into the gravel or along the grass, but the bikes seem for some reason to dig in, the suspension bottoms out, and it, it just it just punts the bike into ice. I predicted the bikes were kind of 20 feet in the air, but it looked like 30 feet in the air when I saw the replay. And, Alton just seems to have a tradition of that. It's, uh, the guys I feel sorry for are the guys that got to fix the bikes because there's forks jumping off them, there's bent frames and swinging arms. <laughs> and there's even some bikes jump barriers into trees today and it's not for lack of runoff here because the track is very safe, but uh, we certainly seem some spectacular crashes. I wouldn't want to be fixing the bikes and I wouldn't want to be paying for them. <laughs> no, they often, Simon Buckmaster is a good one for talking to that about, isn't he? Every time it goes over, so there's five grand, 10 grand, 15 yeah. Yeah, 20 yeah. and it mounts up and up. Here's the checkered flag then. So checkered flag, very quickly, we should just talk to Neil about the Red Bull Rookies way here because you've done a good yeah. job to actually get here on time. You were in Jerez yesterday yes. uh, commentating there. Uh, you're an advisor as well, aren't you, to the Red Bull I Rookies riders? Bit, my main job is helping with the media mm. and commentating on the races. With Peter Clifford, of course. With Peter Clifford, yeah. I've, I've, I've been involved since 2009. I've been commentating with him since 2011. But um, the Red Bull MotoGP Rookies Cup is uh, obviously a great breeding ground for young talent. They have a selection event every year. They pick a load of new riders from around the world. And, and as we can see now, Moto3, Moto2 are all full of ex-rookies. And Johan Zarco is the most famous of all. Um, yeah. Now... Uh, obviously in MotoGP finishing on the podium and a fully fledged KTM factory MotoGP rider and that has been the dream for Red Bull with the rookies to to to, to bring riders along and, and ultimately win world championships Brad Binder's an ex-rookie he's won the Moto2 world championship uh, Johan um, Juan Mir also yes. world champion uh, and the final uh, piece in the jigsaw is to win the MotoGP championship. So they seem to be on course. But it's, it's a, an amazing program. Red Bull fund it. They've got some fantastic partners. And the events take place over, there's 12 races over seven rounds at the European MotoGP rounds. So, so they're in the perfect shot window. And uh, if you've got the talent, uh, you can go all the way. Yeah, Zarco won it in 2007, didn't he? I can't believe it was that long ago. Now... 
Rachel Stringer has just made her way into the Eurosport commentary box. She is laughing and she did post an outrageous picture of me on her Instagram story over the course of the weekend. Rachel, first of all, how are you getting on as part of our Eurosport BSB team? And can you explain what you thought you were doing with that picture, please? Well, I suppose it was partly my fault. Well, I guess answering your first question. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. Obviously, third round now. Everyone is so lovely in the paddock on the grid part of the Eurosport team. Everyone's made me feel so welcome from you guys in commentary, hmm. to the Prez guys, to the riders, um, to everyone involved. So answering that question, I'm loving it. New favourite sport, absolutely hands down. Anyone who hasn't been, come along and watch. We're about 40,000 spectators over this weekend, I hear. And I mean, they got some great racing, didn't they? And, um, and obviously beautiful weather. It's not always like this. Uh, Donington was a bit um, <laughs> suspect on the weather front, as was Brands. But no, really, really fun. Um, yeah, absolutely loving it. Second uh, answer to your question was the picture. Yes, well, we did the, uh, the important track bit of the question, to be last fair. night after um, day one because the weather was so good. So we thought we'd have a little wander around the track. Um, and why not pose for a picture under the big Bennett's uh, sign <laughs> just to, to prove you actually were there? Um, so, yeah, I post that on my social media and uh, tag the lovely Greg in it, who didn't really like it. But if you post no, for a picture right, with me, actually. it gets posted True. somewhere. I should have known better, shouldn't I? It was a nice walk, though, wasn't it, around the track? It took us about 48 minutes, was it? Oh, was it? You timed I think it. Leisurely. I, yeah, I didn't leisurely. time it. Neil's but... laughing. Could you have got around quicker then? I'm just, yeah, that might, is that some kind of lap record? It sounded like it was. Yeah, it is a lap record because yeah. it's the only time I've ever been around. Yeah, but I reckon if I was running it, I'm quite a good runner. I think it's like yeah. just over I'm, two miles, isn't it? So yes. oh, just over two miles would probably take me about 16, 17 minutes. So I'm going to have to try that one time. Out you go then, Rachel. Currently, I'll go out, no, but gotta, not for a run. No, okay, then. We've got, to, we've got to get a trade of it. Thanks very much, Rachel. Great stuff. It's great to have Rachel with us on the team this year. Check it flag for the podcast then, and check it flag for Alton Park 2018. Neil, final thoughts. What are the main thoughts going to Snetterton in six weeks' time? Where's the pressure on now? Shaky's got a bit of work to do, perhaps. Leon has the man with the momentum. I don't know what to say, though. There's so many contenders, as we knew there would be this year. I, th I think the, the focus is on the championship building momentum and, and it's great that we're having different winners and and lots of different riders coming into the fold. I think it's going to be the depth of field is incredible all the way down to 20th position. The depth mm. of field is amazing this year with teams, top quality bikes, top quality riders. And and I think the, the depth of potential showdown finishers and ultimate winners is bigger than ever. So I can see... I can see us going to Snetterton and Josh Brooks has been in the shadows oh, yeah, but he's become stronger true. and stronger. Two dry six places today, not that far off the win. He's going to come into the fold. He's already nearly won the championship last year but he's been a bit, a bit off the pace. The pace is coming. His team and him are getting things together. So he's going to be the next one to come into the fold. I think potential podiums at Snetterton. And then who knows after that, the likes of Glenn Irwin is, is, is strong now. It's just going to be amazing. And I think we're going to build up and build up. And uh, when we're getting close to showdown time, it's just going to be unreal. <laughs> And World Supers, just before we go at Imola this weekend, that's one of my personal favourites, not just because of the red wine, as James Hayden was saying before, um, but it's just such... I was speaking with Jack Burnicott about this earlier on, and he was telling... He's a great motocross fan as well, of course. He's the man to go to, by the way, anyone. If you want motocross information, go to Jack, and he does the MXGP commentary here on Eurosport. But Imola, there is just something about the place. It's in the middle of a town. There's peacocks. Uh, you, you know, there's the smell of pasta literally in the air as you walk around the track. There's a church, people houses 
it almost feels like an abandoned racetrack, but they're actually still racing there. Imola is is like Monza. When you walk in the gate there, you feel that atmosphere, and and it, and it hasn't changed forever really. And it, it's typically Italian, as you said, mm. lots of Italian buildings and terracotta yeah. everywhere, and you 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 just get that feeling. There's been some sad events at Imola, but there's been some amazing racing. There, I actually spent uh, a lot of time at Imola because there's a hotel really close called the Molino Rosso, and uh, Dr. Costa, who is retired from MotoGP now, used to look after all the riders. And, and if you had any kind of injury, you checked yourself into the Molino Rosso, and it, it turned into a bit of a kind of <laughs> ward, really. And he used to come along and look after you. They were very accommodating. He used to bring you pasta and everything. And I spent a few weeks there, just uh, outside there. So the whole surrounding area is just steeped in motorsport, four wheels and two wheels. And but the great thing is how spectacular is the racetrack and the scenery and the backdrop. And the, there's the trees as well, is it? And the nature. Amazing. The that that downhill run back along to the start finish um, yeah. it's just it's so spectacular it's just uh, that coming rally all the corners it's just just amazing there's not one bad part of the racetrack riders love it it looks spectacular on TV and and throws up some fantastic racing could you well. hear the crowd do you know when you come around the Ravazza yes. those double left handers towards the end of the lap there's houses on the outside there's a massive grass bank on the inside could you ever actually hear the crowd you, you can't a lot of riders get asked that and you know I mean there's a lot of noise with your bike and you've yeah. got earplugs in and stuff like that what you are aware of is all programs waving and fans and everyone there so you are aware there is a lot of noise going on but you kind of concentrate on the guy in front or what's going on in the race um, but visually you're aware of all that even although you're, you're concentrating on the racetrack so mm -hmm. and that adds to the, the atmosphere oh on the on the out lap the like the sighting lap or the warm-up lap or the slowing down lap yeah the noise is yeah, there yeah. it's just yeah. amazing the place is just roaring but uh actually in the race you've kind of got other things to think about yeah well yeah yeah it's good that's an important point to be fair neil thanks very much great to see you this weekend oh very quickly your guys how are they getting on how are they feeling this year my guys, yeah, Taylor and Taryn, this year Taylor's with the uh, Moto Rapido Ducati team and Taryn's with the McCam Yamaha team as Josh Brooks, his teammate, both in British Superbike. Both have got fantastic teams. Um, I will, I, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say they're bad teams, but they really have got some great people uh, that are friends, uh, great technicians around them. Um, they've got everything they ever wanted. We Every year we look for marginal gains, we try and tick boxes, we get everything right. And team-wise, they have got the best people around them with the best bikes this year. So very, very happy. Um, Taylor's season's got off to a, a, a steady start. He scored points in, in all three rounds. Yeah. Not every race, as I must say, but he scored points in all three rounds. Taryn had a ninth place at uh, Brands in the wet and a ninth place here in the dry. So he's been top 10 a couple of times. So for a rookie rider, that's very acceptable. Both teams loving the riders, riders loving the teams. And, and their aim is to finish somewhere in the top 10 in the championship. And if they can be consistent and, and do that and build on that, then who knows what can happen in the future. But all is good in the McKenzie household at the moment. That's good news. You can get back to Ashby, Ashby then. Very happy indeed. Neil, thanks very much for that. It's been great to have you here in the podcast and great to commentate with you again this weekend for the Ducati Tri-Options Cup. But for BSB then, it's Leon Haslam with the momentum. He's done the double. We will now head to Imola for our World Superbike coverage on Eurosport and the Eurosport player. We'll see you in Italy this weekend.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.